Good morning. How's everybody doing today? Is anybody saved in this room by the grace, the gospel, the knowledge, the relationship of Jesus Christ? Anybody coming here to worship today? So let me go ahead and tell you, it's okay to clap. It's okay to sing. You can sing quiet. You can sing loud. It's okay to get out of your seat. It's okay to come to the altar. It's okay to stay in your seat. It's okay to sit. It's okay to stand. It's okay to kneel. It's okay to run. The only thing not okay in here is if you pull out a snake, we're going to shoot you and the snake. We're not that kind of Pentecostal church, okay? All right. Good morning, everybody. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I want you to go ahead and get your smartphones out. Our hashtag for our service today is unmovable. So if you've got Facebook, if you're friends with me, I've already uh, shared the video that's going on live right now. I'm going to talk about our new sound, media, and video uh, center a little bit later today to give you some updates what's going on. But isn't it looking great? Yes. Yes. And I'll be sharing some vision of things that we're going to be doing with that. But I want you to go ahead and share, especially on Facebook. Let's help get the gospel out around the world. We're not trying to make Northview famous, but we, we believe that God is doing things here that we want people to see. We want people to experience. And those of you that are with us online right now, this is not a show. So we're not here to put on an entertainment adventure. We are here to worship God and we believe that he inhabits the praises of his people according to Psalms 22. So if you're at work or riding down the road or on vacation or in a hospital room or laying in your bed at home, I hope you're not laying in your bed at home unless, you know, if you're just being lazy, get up, (laughs) shake yourself, go brush your teeth, brush your hair, Tell them, Kevin Page, we're going to come into the presence of the Lord just like at church in the building, all right? But here's the thing. We believe, I believe, does anybody else believe this with me? That the same Holy Spirit that we're going to welcome his presence into this this room, into this room to work miracles, we're going to welcome him into your presence. So you may not be here, but you're an extended part of here. So I want you in the room, go ahead and welcome our online congregation today. They're not an audience. Now look to somebody, I need you to high five about three people, tell them I'm glad to see you this morning, all right? If you know them, that's great. If you don't know them, that's great. Glad to see you this morning. Glad to see you this morning. Spirit has free reign of what we're going to do here. So whatever he leads, we've got an order of service. But you know what? If he leads us in a different direction, we're going to ball that piece of paper up and we're going to do whatever he wants us to do. Okay? Uh, It's all about him from here on out. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We surrender our hearts, lives, minds, our will, our desires, our designs, our appetites, everything about us right now, we surrender fresh to you. We ask you to come into this place to convict the sinner. 
We ask you to heal the sick. We ask you to deliver the oppressed. We ask you to give hope to the hopeless, strength to the weak, and Lord God, victory that those that may seem like they're facing impending defeat. We declare today with God, all things are possible. The tomb of Jesus is empty, so anything is possible with God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Somebody put your hands together and bless the Lord today as Pastor Faye comes. set before you an open door which no one is able to shut I know that you have but little power yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name I will watch over my word to perform it all glory to God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. All things are made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He is truly the center of it all. Lord, we welcome the new thing you want to do. We are excited for the doors you want to open for us in this season. In our excitement, help us to always remember to keep you in the center of it all. Because nothing is as wonderful as knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Are you ready to worship the Lord this morning? Well, put your hands together. Oh, yeah. Hope is rising. Spirit falling. Tighten with the sound of
get him back to making him the center. So this morning, if you have never asked Jesus into your heart, if you've never allowed him in, I just encourage you to open your heart just like the song said. Don't worry about fixing anything. Don't worry about taking care of anything or, or dressing yourself up or fixing whatever's going on or changing something. You don't need behavioral modification. You need transformation. Yes. And only Jesus can do that for you this morning. So we're going to give you the opportunity. Maybe there are Christians in here with cold hearts. And you have just allowed the cares of this world and the distractions. We all do it to just cloud our focus off of him. And we've been focused on the things of this world. So we're going to, the praise team's going to sing this song again, and we're going to give you opportunity to come forward. Like I said, whoever needs to, if you need to open your heart up to Jesus for the first time, if you need to open your heart back up, if you need to get focused, if you need to make him the center again, if you need to allow him to work, I'm just going to ask you to come as we sing this song.
Cry till you move him. 
is sensitive to your heart. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Thy kingdom come. these folks are continuing to pray I need to give the word of the Lord that gives the foundation of what not only is happening up here right now what has happened in the last few minutes but I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit is not finished yet And I believe that what we need to do is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. We need to see what the word of the Lord says. We need to hear what the word of the Lord says. And we need to heed what the word of the Lord says. So Gabe, I need you to pull me up so I can get some, we need to get some scripture in here so we can move forward. Because God's not finished here yet. and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you know from this day, from the first day that I came to Asia, to your region, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. And how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed to you and taught to you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and Greeks two things. Look at the word of the Lord. Two things, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Say this with me. Repeat after me. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Say it one more time. Repentance toward God faith toward Christ. 
Say it one more time. Repentance toward God and faith toward Christ. Let's be honest. We don't hear much in American church about the word repentance anymore. We hear about people getting saved and saying a little prayer. But I'm going to tell you right now, it seems to me Paul's putting something in a prioritized listing here. That he's preaching two things. Number one, he's preaching repentance toward God. Let me tell you something. Men, since you've been called out in here already this morning, because I was going to call you out later. So good morning, men. So while you're here, let me talk to y'all. Are you ready for this? Your sin offends God. Your hidden anger that you hide from your folk at church, but your kids see and your wife sees, God doesn't like that. That pornography on your smart devices that your wife doesn't know about, God knows about it. That little thing you've been flirting with at work, that you don't think anybody knows about, your wife may not know about it. It would crush her heart. Your kids may not know about it. It would crush their heart. But God knows about it, and his heart is crushed. Come on now, you're putting on that holy, holy, holy thing up here in the church, but you're using God's name in vain, and you're using the F word more than a rated R movie at work. Let me tell you, God knows about it. And you know what? When Paul said that he preached to the Jews and the Greeks, he said, I preach repentance toward God. You know what repentance means? Repentance means, number one, I acknowledge it. I'm going to say that again. It means, number one, I acknowledge it. I acknowledge my frailty. And a lot of folk in Christian churches today say you don't need to preach about sin because Jesus took care of all of it. Let me tell you something. Paul, the man that wrote two-thirds of that New Testament, that wrote this passage, that gave his life for the gospel, you know what he said? He said he was the chief of sinners. This was after salvation. Let me tell you something. If we don't rely solely, men, and completely upon the grace of God, let me tell you, we are nothing. If we don't submit our lives to the Word of God and to the power of the Holy Spirit, we cannot be what God wants real men to be. You'll never be the father God wants you to be. You'll never be the husband that... that You'll never be the father that you want to be without God. You will never be the husband that your wife needs you to be without God. But I'm going to tell you what, when you submit and surrender your heart and your life to Christ, but you've got to come, I've got to come with this thing of repentance. You know what that means? That means i got to tear my heart out, pull it out, and i got to say to God, God, I need you. I'm broken. I'm busted. I'm disgusted. I'm frail. I'm weak. I'm worn. I am everything completely opposite to what the Americanized man's supposed to be. I can't do this, Lord. I failed you. I'm, I am a weak man. But God, I rely today on your grace and where I have failed where I failed my wife, where I failed my family, where I failed you. God, I come 
and I repent. That is meaning I'm going to lay it out on the altar. I'm going to be totally transparent before God and man, and I'm going to leave it on the altar because you know what? The word repent actually means, that means I come to a crisis moment that I acknowledge what I'm doing is wrong, and it literally means I do an about face and I go the other way. And I wonder if anybody, if I got any men in this room today that would be willing to say, if you'll be man enough before God to say, Pastor Tim, today I've got some areas in my life that I need to do an about face on and I need to repent. Don't worry about your wife right now. Don't worry about your kid right now. God's looking at you. This is you and God. And we need to repent toward God. So some of you are up here still at this altar, but some of y'all hadn't been yet. I wonder if you're ready to make a quality decision today to say, Pastor, you know what? I need to get up to that altar. I need to lay some stuff down. I need to admit my faults, my sins, my failures, and I need to get up, turn around, and walk away and leave that thing behind me. And what you haven't been able to kick, the habit you haven't been able to get rid of. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. As soon as you repent of it, look at here. He doesn't give just one thing. He doesn't say just repent toward God. Look at the second thing. Faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know what? You can't beat sin. But as soon as I repent, as soon as I acknowledge my sin toward God, and then I turn toward my faith toward Christ, He empowers me to do what I cannot do. I wonder if I got any other men in here, maybe some of y'all still up here that are ready to say, and maybe some of you ladies need to get on in this too. I know I'm talking to men, but y'all know if the men are gonna be the spiritual head, it's gonna flow down to you. I wonder if I got anybody in here right now that needs to repent and turn away from some stuff. Get up here to this altar right now. Come on, this is your time. This is your time. This is your time. This ain't time to play. You are getting a direct. This is God like the Holy Ghost is sending you a text to your cell phone right now. This is immediate. This is here. This is right now. If you need to get up this altar and you need to say, I'm going to leave this stuff right here. I'm going to leave the drugs right here. I'm going to leave the pornography right here. I'm going to leave the alcohol right here. I'm going to leave this lifestyle of being unfaithful right here. I'm going to leave this foul mouth right here. I'm going to leave it all right here. I'm going to leave it all right here. And I'm going to turn in repentance toward God. And I'm going to get up from here in faith toward Christ. I'm walking away as a new person today. I'm walking away in a place of liberty and a place of freedom today. You can set your anchor on this word right now. Fear, some of us are trying to make it look like we've got it all together, but on the inside, you're like a scared little kitten. I'm telling you right now, fear's got no place in your heart. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I rebuke the spirit of fear, for God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Yes. Come on, somebody just lift your voice toward the Lord. Yes. Repentance toward God. Faith toward Christ our Lord.
can repent. I just hear the Lord speaking the words unbridled lust. Unbridled lust. Whoever you are, sir, you don't have to. You don't have to let that thing control your life anymore. You don't have to walk around guilty. You don't have to walk around with a dark cloud over you because every person, every woman you look at, you look at lustfully. You can be free from that. That is a spirit and a bondage upon your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I declare your freedom if you will repent and leave that at the altar of God. Hallelujah. 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 He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Is free indeed. I wonder if I got any indeed free people in this room today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Free indeed. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. I am a free man. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, slavery is still for real in the earth. And it doesn't care whether you're young or old or white or black, male or no female. And I'm not talking about a slave master with a whip either. I'm not talking about some plantation. I'm talking about sin and the powers of darkness. And they will hold you captive and enslaved. But I'm here to tell you right now, Jesus died on a cross 2,000 years ago. And his blood, it was, the, it was the price of the transaction for your freedom. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're free today, give the Lord one more praise, would you? Hallelujah. High five three people and tell them I'm free. You can return to your seats. Free. While I'm here, let me drop some nuggets in your spirit for a few minutes from the word of the Lord. We're going to get out of here. Somebody shout unmovable. How many of y'all have ever been captivated by lighthouses? Anybody? I mean, how do you like that picture right there? I mean, how many of you would like to be working lighthouse duty when a storm like that is coming through? But what amazes me is the lighthouse remains unmovable. And no matter how severe the storm and the person working the White House, the, the White House, well, I wish the person working the White House was unmovable, but anyway, doesn't seem to be what we get, Republican or Democrat, all of them are, never mind, I better move on. The lighthouse... The lighthouse, whoever is working it, has no tenacity when it comes to the storm because they know what their duty is and what has been prepared for them to fulfill their duty, their responsibility, is going to keep them safe. Now let me walk you through some scriptures that the Lord has given me the last few weeks. We read this just a moment ago, but let me go back. I'm in Acts chapter 20 if you're taking notes and you want to go back and reflect on this later. Paul, this is the apostle Paul. He is in this area, in this region of the world. You note verse 17 says, from Miletus he sent to Ephesus. 
and he called for the elders of the church. Now, I put this two years on here. This is my chicken scratch. So this is off my, uh, my little USB, what do you call that little thing that you use with Photoshop and stuff, that little pad. So that's why, you know, when you ever try to sign your name on a credit card holder, that's what this is, okay? So it's kind of like if it looks good, you think, Pastor Tim must be having something going on physically there. Well, it's kind of hard to get that pen to find where you are on the page and then to get it to mark the area there. But the reason I put this two years is because when Paul first went to the city of Ephesus, he spent two years of his life there preaching and teaching and raising up disciples. So later when you get to the Bible in the book of Ephesians, he was writing that to the church at Ephesus. And the verse, the verse 18 says, and when they had come to him, he said to them, you know, somebody shout that you know. From the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you. Now, folks, I want you one more time. I want you to shout, you know. Why is this important? Because, folks, let me tell you something. You need to know the leaders that are with you. All right, let me say that again. You need to know the leaders that are within you or that, that are with you. And I gave you the word character here, but I would also add the word credibility there. And Paul says, you know. And all that he's reminding them for two years, I live with you guys. Now, why do you think he's saying that? Because as soon as he's left, two years, after that two years, and then when he's about to leave now, you can read it in the scripture. He said they're going to come people that are going to be trying to tear down the gospel. He said they're going to try, down, try to tear down my testimony. They're going to try to tear down my credibility and my character. He said, but you know. Let them say what they say. Let them say whatever they want to say, but you know. You've seen me for two years. And what did he say? He said, you saw me. Look what he says. The next verse he said, serving the Lord with all humility. Somebody shout humility. humility. Mm. You saw me serving the Lord with all humility. And the next thing he says is many tears. And the third thing he said, you saw me serving the Lord in the midst of trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. Look what he says, how I kept back nothing that was helpful. Now let me go back one more time and say, you know, he said, you know, you saw me, you saw me serving the Lord. Look at somebody say, serving the Lord isn't always easy. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're really serving the Lord, most of the time, it's not going to be easy. I ain't getting no help, but let me, go ahead, let me go ahead and tell you why. Because if they crucified Jesus, who we're following, and we're trying to be like him, let me go ahead and tell you right now, they're not going to like you. Right. Who are they? I'm talking about the demonic powers of this age, all right? But let me tell you something. You can still stand up and you can still say, greater is he that is in me. But if you're going to serve the Lord, let me go ahead and tell you right now. Some of y'all say, I feel called into the ministry. You're struggling with it. I feel like I'm going to go into the ministry. If you can do anything else, do it. You think, well, I'm going to be like Preacher Tim. I'm just going to get up and preach on Sunday morning. If you stayed with me for the week, I would kill you. 
my schedule would kill you or either you would kill people. Why is that? Because let me tell you something. You can't serve God without serving people. And people will drive you crazy. Look at your wife, husbands, and say, the man's telling the truth. But don't say, you're not, don't, no, never mind. Don't do that. How many of y'all would agree people would drive you crazy? How many of y'all got family members that would drive you crazy? Carol, look over at your brother and say, he's talking about you. I'm just playing. How many of y'all got cousins that would drive you crazy or siblings that will drive you crazy? How many of y'all got parents that will drive you crazy? I can't say anything because my mama's here. People will drive you crazy, but look what Paul says. He said, I served God with all humility. I served God with tears, and he said this. Look, 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 and I served God in the midst of trials. So I want to go ahead and tell you right now, I need some folk that will say, you know what, Pastor Tim, I want to serve God. I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve God and I'm going to love people. Pastor Tim, I want to humble, I want to walk in humility. And here's my thing. I remember years ago I was reading this verse and some other verses about Paul, how he would say he had been with people and how they remembered the tears that would come out of him, that he would, he would be weeping while he would be preaching and talking about the gospel of Christ. He'd be talking about the crucifixion of Jesus and he'd be weeping. He'd be praying for somebody's lost child and he'd be weeping. And one day I said, God, because I was hard-hearted and I, my eyes were dry. Come on, somebody. And one day I said, God, I want you to break my heart. And God, I want you to give me tears. And you know what? God did that. But you know why? Because I want to be a preacher that is moved like my high priest, Jesus Christ, my Lord. I want to be moved by what moves people. Serve God means serving others. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to be unmovable in God, you better go ahead and set your heart right. Hear me, folks. Listen, why am I saying all of this about being unmovable? Because if, you go serve, if you're going to serve God, you're going to have to serve people. And you're going to have to be unwavering in that. Some of you saw I posted a picture on Facebook yesterday. I don't know if anybody saw that. Uh, I shared a memory back 10 years ago of two guys standing at the back of a little S10 pickup truck. Anybody happen to see it? at a methadone clinic. Does anybody even know what methadone is? Because up to that point, I didn't have no idea what methadone was. Methadone is, is what I, if I understand it correctly, chemically, it is just about the same as heroin. But it's man-made so you can take the methadone if you're coming off of heroin addiction and it will help you be able to function and go to work and stuff. Is that correct? That's pretty much it? So we had a family in our church named the McCurries and their son Kevin lived out in San Francisco. Norman Therese, the sweetest people you'll ever meet. And, and for years they had told us, you know, be praying for our son Kevin. Be, he's, he's addicted. He's doing all this stuff. He's homeless or living, eating out of dumpsters. And we can't get him to come home. And guess what? One day Teresa contacted me and Kevin had called and he said, Mama, I want to come home. They got him back to Columbia, South Carolina, and true to their story, Kevin was strung out. He was emaciated. He was, he was bad, y'all. I mean, he is bad. This dude is in bad shape. So he started coming to church with his mom and dad. He was so bad, he'd sit there with the jitters. 
And, and he said, he had his mom contact me and said, well, Pastor Tim, do some personal counseling, discipleship with me. I said, sure. Kevin gave his heart to Christ. Amen. I baptized him. And one night we had a little room in our church in Columbia. We called it the library slash counseling room. It had these nice sofas. I could go there and take a nap between appointments. I mean, never mind. I mean, you could... You could sit there and counsel people. One night I was talking with Kevin, honest to God, true story. This is the first time I ever heard about methadone. And Kevin, listen, Kevin was determined. His mom and daddy aren't the, the poorest people on the planet, but Kevin was determined he wasn't going to take advantage of his mom and dad. He would get up at like 530 in the morning, ride his bicycle across downtown Columbia to go get his dose of methadone and then ride his bicycle to work and work a four-day shift every day. Rain, sleet, snow, riding that bicycle. And one night, Kevin came to me. We were, we were having our little discipleship time, and this is what Kevin told me. He said, Pastor Tim, I know what it's like to get up in the morning, ride my bicycle across town, use my last coins in my pocket. Y'all ever been there? You down, you so broke. I mean, how many of y'all ever been there? You had to get gas and you so broke, you digging under your car seat looking for another quarter. Oh, some of y'all hadn't been, to, some of y'all hadn't tasted some of that side of life yet, right? Kevin said, Pastor Tim, I know what it's like to ride my bicycle and use my last change to pay for my dose of methadone and walk out of that place at six o'clock in the morning hungry and know I'm about to go to work and I'm gonna be hungry all day. And Kevin said, Pastor Tim, is there anything we can do? And man, at that point, I'm like, dude, I will see you there in the morning. I don't care if I had to stop by McDonald's and, you know, buy five $1 sausage biscuits or something like that. Somebody's, got, somebody's not leaving there hungry in the morning. So he said, well, let's work on a plan. Let's work on something. So guess what? We worked on a plan, and that next Sunday morning, I shared that story with our church. Remember it, Kim? I said, me and Kevin are going to a methadone clinic. At that point, I didn't even know where the methadone clinic was at. I said, we're going to get some biscuits from McDonald's, and we're going to go give some folk. We're going to help somebody. And before I got down off stage at the end of that service, I had people lined up saying, Pastor Tim, we want to help. We want to help. I want to help. I want to do this. I want to help. Can we give toward that? And we, listen, in a couple of weeks, honest to God truth, we ended up, the plan was we were going to meet at the church on Friday morning and we were going to be out of the methadone clinic by six. And on Thursday night, we started having people from the church come out on Thursday night, Thursday night and fix sausage biscuits. Wrap them in aluminum foil individually. And we would load everything in the truck. I even made a nice box for the shaping pan. And we would put it in the back of Kevin's little beat up S10 pickup truck. We had a banner made that said free breakfast. And we'd go out there and we'd light that thing up, put those biscuits. We'd get there early on Friday morning and put them in the oven and warm them up. And then put them in a cooler to keep them warm. And then put them in the shaping dish to, to keep them warm. And we would go out there. I don't care if it was 20 degrees. We went out there one morning, there was a tropical storm coming through. But we were determined. We were going to help people. 
And when it was all said and done, we were giving away, are you ready for this? Remember I said, I'm going to go $5. I'm going to get one of those $1, five, you know, five for $1 back then, you know. You could do something like that, you know, find a special. I said, we're going to give at least five people going to get breakfast. When it was all said and done, we were giving out 150 biscuits on Friday mornings. Why you say that? Because you know what? You can say, well, them people deserve what they got. I'm glad I didn't get what I deserved. I'm glad the Lord put somebody in my path that was gracious and loving and kind and merciful to me, to love me when I was unlovable. And folks, I'm gonna tell you right now, we need to understand this. If you're gonna be unmovable in the days to come, because listen to me, and I'll deal with this in a moment. America, the world, Jesus is coming soon. Can I say that one more time? Jesus is coming soon. And the closer we get to his return, and I'm gonna tell you this, the prophets in the Old Testament kept telling he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And some shepherds were out there in the field watching their sheep by night. Boom! And he came. The angel said, you will find a babe lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. Look at somebody say, he came. Yes. We call it Christmas. That same Jesus that lived 33 years then and went back up into heaven. Remember while the men were standing there looking at how he went up into heaven on a cloud that suddenly there appeared two men with them and said in the same manner that he went up, he will come again. I need you to understand this. He's coming back. Amen. Too many people don't want to talk about that. He's coming back. Amen. I'm going to say it to this side over here because I think three people got it on that half of the church. He is coming back. And can I go ahead and tell you something here, folks? Listen to me. Hear me well. I don't even know if I got this on the slide. I do, I do, I do. Hold up just a minute. Hold up just a minute. Hold up just a minute. Hold up. Let me find where it is. Look at somebody say, there ain't no getting ready. You better be ready. Say it one more time. Well, y'all don't say ain't no. That's bad. That's a bad example, isn't it? There is no getting ready. We had better be ready. I don't have it on this slide point, on this PowerPoint presentation. Look at somebody say he's coming back. Now, let, let me just wrap this thing together because we're going to come around this altar again before we leave home today. All right? We're going to have an unprize for y'all. That's what my baby boy Jordan used to call it when he was little. An unprize. Not a surprise. It's an unprize. Are y'all ready for an unprize? We're going to shout the victory of the Lord. How many, how, many, some, how many folk got free up here around this altar today? How many of you men got free up here around this altar today? How many of you men ready to walk with a new level of integrity and power and authority and anointing today? Look what the scripture says. Paul says, and see how all, how I go bound, see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. Now notice that's not a capital S. He's not talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about his spirit. He said, I feel led by the Lord to go to Jerusalem. 
I'm bound in my spirit. This is what I'm feeling. Now hold up just a minute. Look what he says. Not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Oh my Lord. Verse 23 about rocked my world a few weeks back. Look at this. Are you ready? Except that, I don't know what's going to happen when I get to Jerusalem. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city. Somebody shout every city. Saying that chains and tribulations await me. Oh, Lord, look at your neighbor said, that's not encouraging. I mean, come on, let's start out in Bennisville. How many Bennisville folk I got? I got any Bennisville folk here today? All right, we're going to start out in Bennisville. We meet somebody's house in Bennisville, and we start having a prayer meeting, and the Holy Ghost starts speaking and says, Tim, <laughs> you're going to be chained up, arrested, and people are going to beat the fool out of you. Oh, Lord. How many of y'all, were, if you were me, you'd be like, I don't think that person heard from the Lord. But then we go to Tatum. Y'all ain't working with me. Okay, Tatum. Okay, y'all don't know whether it's Tatum or Tatum. All right, Bethayville. We go to Tracy and Anthony's house out in Bethayville. And we start having a prayer meeting. Lo and behold, the Holy Ghost starts speaking through somebody and says, Tim, you're going to be chained up and you're going to be persecuted. Oh, Lord, that's the same thing they said back there in Bennisville. Then we go to McCall. Oh, yeah. You know it's the Holy Ghost if he speaks in McCall. Where you at, Amy? You still back there? All right. We're having a prayer meeting at Amy's house. Like, where are my other McCall folk at? All right. Yeah. We'll have a whole bunch. McCall needs a prayer meeting in everybody's house. Everybody hold your hand up again. We need... All right. So we start having a prayer meeting, and everybody's meeting at Amy's house this one time. And, and guess what? The Holy Ghost says, gives a tongue and interpretation. Tim, you're going to be arrested. You're going to be chained up, handcuffed, and persecuted. Lord, that's the same thing they said in Bennisville, the same thing about them, but they feel. Now they say in the name of his house. So then we say we go over here to Teresa Ray Pate's house, cross McCall, to have a prayer meeting. Says McCall got to have multiple prayer meetings. And we start praying, and guess what the Holy Ghost says? Okay, y'all get the point here, right? Paul said every city we go to and we have a meeting, the Holy Spirit says, this is what's gonna happen to me. Now, I don't know about y'all. If I was Paul, I'd be very concerned about being chained and persecuted. This is, listen, he's already been beaten and left for dead. He's already been shivering. He's already had all kinds of stuff happen in his life. He's already been stoned and left for dead. So look what happens here. Acts chapter 16, he's beaten and thrown into the dungeon of the prison at midnight when he and Silas began to pray. Does anybody remember that story? And an earthquake came by the Spirit of God and God opened up the jail cells. You remember all that? So Paul's experienced some hardships, but it's like the Holy Ghost is saying, everywhere you go, Paul is receiving a word from the Lord. You're gonna be arrested, you're gonna be chained up, handcuffed, and you're gonna be persecuted.
oh, wait a minute. What's the next verse? Somebody read that green box right there. Somebody shout it out. Do you understand what Paul is saying? Everywhere I go, I'm, I'm hearing this word from the Lord. The Lord is speaking to this. Strangers that have never heard of me, heard of me or know me, they're just walking up to me and telling me this is what the Lord says. So this is what the Lord says. And God, I'm receiving this and I'm preparing for this, but this does not move me. Why? Because he said, my spirit is already bound that to the fact I'm going. I'm going to do what God called me to do and all of the other opposition I face, nothing's going to move me. I wonder if I got any people in this room today that no matter what happens in these last days, no matter how close we get to the coming of the Lord and no matter how anti-America this country gets, no matter who gets elected in 2024, how many of you will agree with me today that none of these things will move me? I don't care how woke it gets. I ain't getting no help up in here. I don't care how many color flags they get to waving around in pride, pride month or pride year or pride decade. I'm going to tell you right now, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. None of these things move me. Cancer won't move me. Leukemia won't move me. Heart disease won't move me. Bypass surgery won't move me. Dementia won't move me. Bankruptcy won't move me. None. Somebody shout none. None of these things move me. I want you to look at this lighthouse. I want you to think about and marvel at the people who live there in these dangerous conditions. You know why they do it? Because it's their job, their calling to save others from destruction. But have you ever stopped to think about not just about the people who live in this thing, have you ever stopped to think about who built it? Okay, I'm weird. My brain works weird. How many of y'all have never sat there and thought about, man, wonder how they built this thing? Wave your hand at me if you've ever, I never thought about it. Okay, thank you. How many of you are thinking about it right now? I mean, how do you, honest to God, truth, I'm asking a question here. How do you even begin? You bring a bag of concrete up here, just start pouring on the rocks while the waves are coming up. How do you even start? I have no clue. But let me tell you this. Consider the great God who has formed us to be unmovable. Because let me tell you something, folks. If men can build a lighthouse in these conditions to withstand a storm, then your God in heaven can build you up to withstand anything. Stand to your feet with me. If we truly believe in the sovereignty of God, we will overcome every storm. We will wholly lean on his everlasting arms and trust his strategic plan that will always manifest as his perfect will. Now, how many of y'all know that we, we've said a lot about, uh, we've said a lot about repentance in here today. And let me leave you with this right here. 
you can't have sin in your life and think you're going to stand in the days to come. You can't hold God in one hand and the world in the other hand and play both sides. I mean, how many of y'all ever heard of a side chick or a side hustle? God's not in this thing to be your side God. He is the only true God. There's an old hymn. I shall not be moved. Glory, hallelujah, I shall not be moved. Anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted by the waters, I shall not be moved. Anybody in the praise team gonna sing this today, Miss Wanda? Because y'all know what, we gonna do it. Gabe, you got it back there? All right, let's do it. I want those of y'all that today will say, I shall not be moved. All the stuff I see going on around me, all the stuff that people are hurling at me, none of this stuff moves me. I want you to make your way up to this altar and I want you to sing with me in victory today. Can we do that? Hallelujah. I shall not be, I shall not be. Come on, we ain't gonna play with it. Sing that again.
so you can trust him. And you know what? If he said it, I don't care what's going on around me. These things do not move me. These things do not move me. These things do not move me. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Miss Kim, you want to come up here? Y'all can return to your seats. We're going to give you a chance, an opportunity, I believe, to give. And we're going to dismiss y'all. Somebody show Pastor Kim some love while she's coming up. Let me tell y'all tell y'all a funny story. It's good. We, we got a dear friend of ours, Karen Ganey, who is with us today, who was in the first church that I pastor. She's Michelle's auntie. And uh, so I was saying that so Karen, Karen could give witness to this. When me and Kim first started pastoring, our oldest son, Teddy, was six weeks old. These were my wife's words to me. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to sit on the back row, and I'm going to raise our child. I'll go to women's ministries. I'll do stuff like that. But do not expect me or call on me to do anything more than that. How did that work for you? So last night I get a call from uh, 
Uh, for, I'm not embarrassed, I'm just telling the truth. So last night I got a call from uh, a young man in, I forgot where it's at, down, way down in South Carolina. I'm not. And uh, I'm, because I'm, I can't remember, the Lord wiped it from my memory, so I wasn't supposed to surprise. He said, Pastor Tim, I need you to get a word message to your wife. I said, okay. He said, we want her to come speak at our pastor's appreciation day. And so I said, okay, I'll get a word to her. So I got a word to her, and her words were like, what? <laughs> so she calls him up. She said, you sure the Lord didn't tell you Tim, and you misunderstood for Kim? So anyway, y'all give Miss Kim some love. She's precious. Just never say what you won't do. I also said I wouldn't marry a pastor, so there you go. It doesn't work. So it's good to see everybody today. We're glad that you're here with us. We're, our service kind of got flipped backwards, but that's okay. How many of you have enjoyed what God's done here today? Amen. Amen. So if you're a first-time guest, if you'll look on your bulletin, there's a form that says first time here. If you'll fill that out, it just tears right off. And when you go out today through these doors or any doors, if you go to the right, there's a welcome center there, and we have a welcome team, a care ministries team, that will greet you, and they will be there if you want prayer. You give them this form, guess what? You get a gift bag. So please take advantage of that. There's information there about the ministry, some nice gifts in there, and we want you to partake of that. We have a couple of announcements tonight. We do have prayer at 6 o'clock, so please join us for that. But immediately after service today, if you are 60 and up, you are welcome to join us for our Senior Saints Luncheon. It's our monthly luncheon. Come and join us. Have a great time of fellowship. We would love to have you do that. We would love that. All right. Um, is Miss Molly still in here? There, there she is. <laughs> Molly has an announcement. I didn't see you When I got my bulletin this morning, I don't know if you've read the cover of it or not, but it's perfect for my presentation. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Guess what? In two weeks, October the 8th, we're, we're gonna be celebrating our wonderful pastors that we've been blessed Amen. with here at Northview. And if you've only been come, maybe been here once or twice and you do not know our pastors, it's our senior pastors, Tim and Kim Hodge, <laughs> Pastor uh, Joyce Blees, Pastor Faye Coates, Pastor Michael, and Mandy Hunt. And so we want you to get prepared for that. And so at the end of the worship service that day, you'll be given an opportunity uh, to express yourself to the members of our pastoral staff, to each one of them and their families with hard word, words, cards, and gifts. So uh, get prepared. You've got a couple of weeks to think about it and we hope that you will participate and show up that Sunday and let's show them some love. Amen. God bless you. We also have a surprise for everybody that day right after service. Kona Ice will be here and everybody gets a Kona Ice to take with you that day. So nice little snack on the way home for lunch, right? So we hope that you'll take advantage of that. So it is time to give now. If you need a tithing envelope, our ushers are coming forward. You can just let them know by raising your hand that you need one. As always, we want to thank you for your giving. Um, if you'll notice on the screens, we tell you ways to give. We have lots of you that give online these days. 
It's very convenient, right? It's convenient to give online. And so if you give that way, we are so grateful for that. As the ushers come, if you'll prepare yourself, if you'll stand, our praise team is going to... Y'all can come on forward, guys. Our praise team's going to play as we come and present our offerings to the Lord. If you have offerings this morning to, to um, give to Him. But once again, thank you for giving online, for presenting them that way. You can give, you can bring them here to the church. You can mail them in. We just want to thank you for being obedient to God's word to give. Amen. Because because of you, we can do what we do here at Northview. And all the people that we bless that one day, when you get to heaven, things that you don't even know, you get credit for. Do you know that's the way God's economy works? You get credit. You give. You put your obedience to God and you give your tithe and your offering. And then as that tithe and offering goes out and blesses missionaries and other ministries and other things around the world, you get credit for that. That's God's economy. And there you can't beat it. Amen. You can't outgive God. So we're going to ask you to come forward and present your gifts to the Lord today. senior saints your uh, monthly lunch meeting is today I want to share a quick testimony we won't do the confessions over the offering today because I've already walked off and left all that stuff up there uh, how many of y'all remember how many of y'all enjoyed last Sunday night with the joint service between here with New Hope Baptist and Light Nation, Lighthouse Nation Church all right, so I'm going to give you this testimony. I had a lady come up to me after service right over there, right to your right, out in that aisle. She came up to me and her, and she says, I watch you online. I watch your service, the church, you, meaning Northview. I watch y'all. That's pure country right there, isn't it? Y'all. I watch y'all online. And uh, I know she'd been to church here before with the person that attends here. She said, I needed to share this with you personally and she reaches in her purse and she pulls out an envelope 
And she said, those confessions that, that we do, she's like, please keep doing them. And she opened the envelope. She said, I needed to show you something. She had a six-digit check she received in the mail. I'm talking all six digits on the left side of the decimal, okay? Oh, sorry, five digits, five, not six, five. But still, five, one, two, three, thousands, tens of thousands. Y'all better give the Lord some praise. Now, you know, my immediate thing was, you're going to tithe on that, right? Anyway, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're watching this today. I was just joking. Well, kind of, sort of. But anyway, while you're here, you can go and give it live. Hallelujah. Anyway, we celebrate. Because see, here's the thing. We celebrate people that receive their, their blessing. And I'm determined, I understand, in the economy of God, that opens up the windows even wider for God to re respond to us and our faith. Amen. And he honors, he loves a cheerful giver. Amen. And I just want to share that with y'all. Testimonies continue. So, Lord, we look to you today for your giving to us. You bless us so that we just don't have it to accumulate, but you bless us so that we can build a true life and kingdom life. Thank you for honoring your people. You reveal yourself in your word as Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider, as El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. You are the God of overflow, as the psalmist said. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. So, Lord, we thank you for overflow in living today with blessings, goodness, mercy, provision, finances, love. Uh, in our families, protection. Lord, the things that you do for us that we can't put a price tag on, we're grateful for. So, Lord, bless and honor this tithe and offering today that's given in-house. And as Pastor Kim said, a lot of people give online. So, Lord, uh, they'll be given online today and have already. So we bless what has been done and we bless what is coming in. And we receive it. Give, give the leadership of this house stewardship in how to invest it into the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. So let me just share this very quickly. I was going to do this earlier, but the Holy Ghost had other plans. The media center over here that, that has been constructed. If you ever paid any attention, the sound booth that was down there was this little cramped area. And so when I would go up there to tell, like where Gabe's working on the media computers, if I had to get around Eric, I know I'm healthy, but still there wasn't a lot of room to move, okay? So I'd have to get, get Eric to suck it up, push him up, and I'd squeeze by. That's how tight things were up there. And so when we started doing upgrading the video from last year's Resurrection Seed Offering, year before now, if y'all ever walked by, you saw that little, like, four, three-foot, four-foot table with all that stuff on top of it and underneath it. That was our video booth. And we needed more room. Everything was just cramped up. It, was, it looked junky. It was junky. And uh, so there's been a lot of work to expand to give. Downstairs is going to be the sound and all of the, uh, we call it the environmental projection system, and we're getting new computers put in there soon. But upstairs is where we have moved all the video capability, y'all. 
And here's what I'm excited about. On the back wall, not out here where you can see it, that's where the spotlight's going to be. But inside the room, the back wall, we're going to paint it. We're going to put a green screen in there. If you know anything about video, it's going to be this pretty bright neon green. And we're actually going to go up there. We're going to do testimonies. We're going to do interviews and stuff on camera, record it all, put it out on, on all of our video media outlets on the Internet. Uh, we can make our own commercials and stuff up there. It's going to be great, y'all. I'm excited about it. So uh, we'll give you, when we get everything finished up, we'll give you, let you just take a walk through and you can see. But uh, how many, Eric, Gabe, is there a lot more room down there where y'all at right now? All right, we are, we are a work in progress, but I want you guys to know we're doing that because we're getting ready to do more with it to reach people. Amen. Carrie Newhoff, who is one of the greatest church growth trend gurus on the planet right now, he says this. He says, everybody you want to reach with the gospel, you can reach them through the Internet. Get it. Smartphone, sat phone, somehow, home computer. We want to reach them. Amen. I love y'all. I bless y'all in Jesus' name. Y'all have a great day. Oh, I forgot one more thing. Pastor Jason Watson at Cross Point Church. They're doing an outdoor worship praise time today at 2 o'clock beside the old Captain Larry's, okay? So if you'd like to join them, you're welcome to do that.